Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? Oh, I still feel like shit. It's going to be an interesting background night tonight. I got the neighbor's kids outside screaming. I got my kid inside making the dog bark. I got the sniffles and a sore throat. No worries, ladies and gentlemen. I do not have COVID. I was tested last week. Tested out negative. Like I said on my last TikTok, I got the immune system to fight off a worldwide pandemic. I've been tested twice, once last week and once in December. I can fight off covid but i can't fight off a common everyday cold so i've been dealing with that how are you doing gordon before you tell me oh, colds aren't common it's a virus yeah i know it's a joke i wasn't gonna say that at all actually <laughs> so ha motherfucker um water softeners oh aren't those fun so i have a complaint and if any of you big box store motherfuckers are listening, that's the I second motherfucker in like 38 seconds. You're in a mood. Why are you always yeah. in a mood? I don't know. Maybe it's the bullet. Um, yeah, check this out. This is what $36 worth of bullet gets you at Costco. Things the size of my Jesus. head. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many ounces is that? Fluid ounces. It is. 1.75 liters. This is seven uh, 750 milliliters, and it's about 25 bucks, so you got me beat. Yeah, go to Costco. What kind of alcoholic do you need that much booze for? Oh, that'll last me a while. The only time I really drink it is maybe a, a couple of drinks on the weekend, literally two, and then the show. The only time I drink is at this show when, uh, when I'm out doing World War II reenacting. <laughs> but anyhow, anyway, water, so softeners. water softeners. Hot um, water softener talk for all the dads out there opening up the show. What's up, Morgan Long? Hey, Morgan. Um, you need to go check your Patreon thing because I sent you a message and we'll share the rest of that with the rest of the people here soon. We didn't cover it last week on the live feed. I had to mm-hmm. go back and fill it in on the downloads. Those of you who downloaded know what we're going to talk about, but I always cut Gordon off. So back to the water softener. Water softener. So my problem with the water softeners, especially if you buy them at your big box stores, uh, I went from one. One brand to another, because in Las Vegas, it seems like your, I'll say it, Whirlpools don't last more than five years. Um, now, for those of us playing at home, because you are on city water, when we think of water softener down here in the swamps, we think of that big ass fucking barrel and all the tubes and pots and shit on the outside of our houses. I'm assuming that's not what you're talking about. So what is the Las Vegas version of a water softener? It's sort of like that. It's a big tub it's got a cylinder inside of it you load it with salt and it knocks all the hard water out we've got some of the hardest water in the country but you're on city water <clears throat> doesn't matter don't, don't we sound like a bunch of rednecks you on that there city water we've got one of the highest tech water treatment plants in the nation however you still need a water softener they don't filter the water and it, our water comes from the colorado rock what do they do so just bleach can, the shit out of it with clorox pretty much <laughs> so they, all that all, all the hardness ends up in there fortunately it doesn't turn shit red or orange mm-hmm. but it has got a, a, a heavy white um alkaline you know a lot of, a lot of 
So anyway. Now, do you use the 40-pound bags of salt granules, or do you, have you upgraded to the 10-pound block of salt, which is easier to handle? I'm using the 40-pound bag of salt. So my big problem is, and I ran into this when I first installed the water softener in a house that was pre- made it had the water softening loop what they have is they have this little hose that comes out a little piece of pex mm -hmm. half inch <clears throat> comes out of the wall and that's what you're supposed to tie your drain line to mm -hmm. what's interesting is they run it upstairs which they say they don't want to rise more than eight feet i guess that's right at the limit but uh the problem i'm having is is when you buy the snake bite fitting that slips over the pex they don't make it are these the stores don't carry it with a barb on it so you can slide that hose over and clamp it down. Okay. So I had to get one that was actually made for a different type of slip fitting. I got it on there. I kind of, the problem was, is I kind of flattened the pecs a little. So yesterday I was like, you know what? Let me test the regeneration on this just in case there's a problem because there was a problem last time. It leaked all over my wall into my garage. And sure enough, it did. So I got mad. Went and I went to, I wanted to find the right fucking parts, but they don't have them at the big box store. Although you sell all these water softeners, you think that you would have the freaking parts that you need to put everything together. And sadly, in order to go to like a plumber's outlet, you have to be a plumber and have a like a license in order to go to one of those places. Fortunately, with Ferguson's, you don't. But I did go on Saturday. The other part of my problem is the new water softener sits a little lower. Well, the big box stores don't have a 24 inch, uh, 24 inch long, one inch diameter uh, fittings to go in. You know, here's your supply side and then it goes back out. They only had 18. Well, I need a 24 inch. So I had to go to Ferguson's on Saturday. Then this happened yesterday. And we also got rid of the old water softener. I tell you what, water softeners that are half full of salt are fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. Thank God I got that truck. Mm-hmm. So, How did you uh, we, get we, said water softener up into said truck? Well, I have one of these um, <clears throat> little rolling carts that hold about 300 pounds. It's like a toolbox you can roll around your car on, oh, you know, you. if you're working down low. So I had slid this off the platform onto that. And then me and my neighbor pulled it up in the truck, took it to the dump. And the, all I had to do is just kind of yank that thing off real quick. Yeah, those are always fun. They make you pull onto the scale first, weigh your whole truck, you dump your shit, and then they put you back on the scale to see how less you weigh. And you pay by the pound? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but needless to say, I am not a plumber. Nope. I think that everything I get is I'm getting with plumbing problems. Uh, they come from me being a jerk to plumbers a little bit. Yep. Back in my days on a, a job site, singing Pipe songs fitters. like, if I was any dumber, I would have been a plumber. So, you know, karma is probably biting me in the ass a little bit. Give dad a call about your plumbing stuff. He, he's oh, he's I constantly installing that shit at his house. He. He answered the phone and I said, did I ever tell you how much I hate plumbing? That was the first thing out of my mm -hmm. mouth. And uh, yeah, him and I are in agreement on that. We're, we're electricians. We ain't plumbers. Yeah. But that's, that's it from a plumbing standpoint. It was a fiasco, but I, I did get a lot of crap done this weekend. No editing, unfortunately. Working on it, but we'll get it there. Um, how was your weekend? Well, I've been fighting off this cold, but I don't want to forget about it or overlook it because this is very cool. This is very big for us. Um, as you guys know, if you've listened to the show or downloaded this podcast for any length of time, we are all about comedy and supporting local comedy. We've had very Larry Venturino on a handful of times. We've had some other comedians on. Um, one of the closest comedy clubs to us is the Laughing Comedy Cafe over in Fort Myers. 
Yes, it is the one next to the Planned Parenthood. That always makes for good jokes for comedians. But um, we have teamed up with Laughing Comedy Cafe, and we're going to do night out at the comedy, or night of comedy, I don't know, whatever cool phrase you want to come up with, a night of comedy with Digital 410. Sally Gordon's in Vegas, so he can't join us. But basically, if you guys want to join me and head out to get, um, and this is all free, we'll put you on the guest list. We'll take a handful of our listeners, maybe once a month, every two weeks, depends on how many shows are booked. I want to take a handful of our listeners um, every few weeks, and we're going to go out, you'll get in for free. We'll go enjoy local comedy. Uh, the next one coming up will be, we're going to head over to Laughing Comedy Cafe. And um, it's going to be on February 13th. So it'll be the day before Valentine's Day. Um, now I'm not just going to take one person. If you have a spouse or a significant other, uh, let us know. And maybe it'll be a pre-Valentine's Day. We're going for the 830 show. If you want to go, email us to go see Justin Smith. And it's not just one person. I always have openers. There's usually three or four people performing. Email us at info at d-410.com or send us a message through the Facebook app. For you OG5 members, head over to Patreon. Hint, hint, hint. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to do this consecutively, um, depending on how this thing works out. So if you guys want to go support local comedy with us over at the Laughing Comedy Cafe, thanks for Larry Venturino for making this thing, putting this all together and getting this thing done for us. Um, this is something, this is like our first real promotion. So this is something we want to, you know, That's cool. make big make work and um we want to hang out with you guys we want to meet some of our listeners um that's what i was talking to morgan long about morgan if you want to go you know what to do uh you know any of the other og5 members anybody listening right now send us a message through the facebook page send us an email at info at d-410.com and uh, each week we're going to pick a handful of people at random if you email us this week and you don't make the cut this week your name does not get deleted you stay in the pot there's a good chance you'll get drawn the week the next week or the week after so just keep emailing us and we'll make it happen. Interestingly enough, last week I was checking the email and I came across an unsolicited email from some podcast broadcasting company. And apparently I need to dig fail to fail out of the out of the uh, corner because I've kind of been slipping with with pandemic and all that stuff. I got an unsolicited email saying that uh, the fail to fail podcast is ranked 250 in philosophy out of Australia. So apparently the Aussies love the fail to fail podcast and the philosophy. You say 250? 250. Not 250, you know, not 2,500, but number 250 in the philosophy category. Now, could that be out of 251? It could be, but still, why do you got to hey. shit on my parade? That's my job. There man. could be 300 <laughs> or there could be 2,500. Either exactly. way, we're 250. There could be, there could be on a podcast that has six episodes. Okay. So it's fantastic. Not, so quit being a fucking naysayer and shitting on my parade. I already got a cold. I'll drink to that. I got a headache coming in. It's just been crazy. So, anyhow, two things. I need to get fail to fail back up and running. And I need you guys to email me or send us a message info at d-410.com or send us a message through the, um, the uh, what's in your head facebook page and more you can even for some reason if you want you can go to the my d train page or even hit up gordon just get a hold of us i don't care what inbox it ends up in uh we just need to know before this weekend so if you want to come with me and hang out with some of our listeners and go see justin smith and company over at the laughing comedy cafe on february 13th at the 8 30 show yeah it's the later show but that's when all the debauchery happens so we'll all have something to talk about and laugh about on monday when we come back and we talk about all the drunks who talk through the whole show so yeah that's, and the hecklers should be fully uh, primed by then yeah too. and hopefully the hecklers won't be at our table because we know better so anyhow i want you guys to come join us and get that done but anyhow oh no i've just been you out of breath now i've just been feeling like ass man i um i'm getting some um production done this weekend on video it 
it takes longer now because I got this newfangled camera and my mm. editing software. And you know how, like, when you try to edit high-end video, first and foremost, I had to pay fucking Windows 10 99 cents to have the codec to download the high-quality fucking whatever. But, hey, 99 cents, huh? whatever. Yeah, on this new GoPro 7, the high-end quality, like the fucking 4K, the 4K shit or whatever, um, when you go to play it, if it's widescreen, um, Windows 10 wants 99 cents for an encoder. But anyhow, I paid for that. But in your editing program, you know, when you're doing the high-end stuff, it's real choppy and slow, blah, 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 blah. That's why I upgraded my machine. No, my video has a my video program has a button that you can render it down mm -hmm. just for the editing purposes. But okay. that high-end stuff takes forever, so you got to render it down, edit it. And the way I do my videos, I'll edit one version, and then I'll dump it into a video, and then re-edit the second video where I put in the music and all the subtitles and go through and shorten it. Because the second time you watch it, you're like, okay, this don't need to be in there. So you'll go from a 10-minute video down to eight. So I always do it in two processes, but now i got to render it each time, which takes any longer. Anyhow, there's a video uploaded right now, but I've been working on that all weekend. And uh, how yeah, about I tell that? you what, when you're trying – that's the thing that drove me the nuts – the most and, and was the most unexpected is how much horsepower your machine needs to, to edit videos mm -hmm. at a good quality. How about that Super Bowl, huh? We never um, talk sports on this on this podcast for good reason because I never watch football, but nothing else is on it. Yeah, actually, it's the first football game I've watched in its entirety probably about six years. I did not watch it. Hockey was on more important, uh, but I did catch the halftime show with the, uh, that, so I, the I knew what was going on. I knew they weren't jock straps. I knew they were trying to make it look like his whole deal when he had, it was getting his facial surgery. It looked like a bunch of burn victims. <laughs> well, it, I don't know if you saw it when he was, I think Grammys or something he's, he was on and he had it. Yeah. And, and then they showed what he looked like afterwards. And, and then after seeing that the the facial shit he had going on with shaping his face and then what he was wearing the first thing i thought is this dude is trying to be the modern michael jackson um i think the argument could be made bruno mars is trying to pick up that man all that and a crossover between that and yeah James but Brown. this guy's messing with his face now like well michael they all jackson. do that i mean um, it was bad i will say this um it's funny listening to podcasts adam crawl podcast for example who recorded before and they're talking about how all the over-unders, mm -hmm. all the all the uh, lines coming out of Vegas is Kansas City by three, yada, yada, yada. Kansas City lost it to themselves. That first half, they had so – I think they had probably more flags, more flags pulled on them than probably any normal soccer game. I mean, it was ridiculous. They So many flags pulled that they basically – they lost basically because of I thought you were going to say that a pride parade, but okay. No. And, uh, but it, it, it was a complete blowout. It was good watching, I guess. I mean, the, the, the $7 million, um, halftime show was boring as hell. Um, but whatever. Aren't they usually though? Well, it was interesting because you're like, why is they all held up at the end zone? I feel sorry for the people behind the end zone. And then they did the whole thing at the end where he had probably the, he probably got the Guinness Book of World Records for the most backup dancers at a halftime show. They literally had the entire football field covered with backup dancers. That's why there was no stage in the middle of the field. That's why most of the performance was down at the end zone. And then his last final dance routine had probably, I would say, 70 to 80 backup dancers where they took up the entire field. What I did find the most interesting is even though there was only 7,500 people in the stands, mm -hmm. 
first responders, hospital workers. I'm going to assume you still had Florida guy mm-hmm. running out on the field mm-hmm. in his pink, uh, thong. pink swimsuit thong. Yeah. What they did a really good job with is I didn't really notice because they never zoomed in on the crowd. It wasn't until I started watching some TikToks <laughs> that basically they, they did the seat fillers with cardboard cutouts. Yeah, that's what they've been a lot of places doing. Now, this is where I will give the NHL credit. They're not doing that garbage. They're actually uh, putting seat covers on like mm-hmm. the team colors every other. Yeah. They're having some things, and it, it just, to me, looks a lot better. Uh, this cardboard cutout thing, I'm not. It's Once again, we don't talk a lot of sports. I'm not real big yeah. in football, but I guess the argument can be put to bed that uh, Tom Brady can win without being on the Patriots. Um, once again, it's interesting to hear all the all – the, um, the back numbers for gambling. Everybody thought it was going to be a clear cut, you know, Kansas city because their quarterbacks in his twenties and Tom's in his forties, but it was the first half. It was basically a blowout. Yeah. Um, two things. The internet's fucking dumb. (laughs) Is that the TikTok lesson of the week? Um, no, but this is the what's in your head lesson of the week. Um, Morgan Long says probably the last one he watches. Uh, two things I learned from the internet: you have extremists on the both sides. You got the uh, evangelicus extremists saying the mm-hmm. weekend's whole backup dance routine was worshiping the devil <laughs> because of the backup dancers. I know it's dumb. And then Twitter, Twitter has out twittered themselves. They twatted all over themselves, huh? Um, I saw probably eight or nine. I was going to pull the story, but I didn't want to. I saw about eight or nine tweets where people were saying that Tom Brady's a racist for having the audacity to win the Super Bowl on uh, during uh, Black History Month. It, which, by the way, if that's the way we're going to go, are we going to have to move the Super Bowl? Really? We either have to move the Super Bowl or make sure every quarterback's black. If that's the way we're going to go, but yes, well, the problem is we're talking about that whole comment. So there, there are basically several hundreds of people <laughs> claiming that Tom Brady's a racist for several for, hundreds. That's a huge number. That's but enough. According to USA Today, that's enough to to really get a toehold on what America's thinking. That's enough. That's a large <clears throat> enough number that any local TV news will use that on a slow news day. So, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Most of the shit that comes out of Twitter is only a few hundred people. And we've yeah. said this before. If the media would stop giving Twitter so much clout, but the reason they give Twitter so much clout is because every fucking body in the media has a Twitter account that they want to promote. Most of the times when you see people, media members, they're not, you don't see their Instagram handle unless it's sports. You don't see their Facebook. It's always Twitter. It's at still blah, a little blah, blah. bluebird. Yeah. So yeah. if we stop giving Twitter so much clout, none of that shit would mean anything. But yeah, that was, that was the ridiculousness there. Since you brought it up, we can, we can kind of kick off the, um, the Twitter thing, uh, the TikTok lesson of the week. And I do have a follow-up to it. We'll probably have a shorter episode today anyhow because Mike Cole and all that. But let's just go ahead and get started on that. Let me turn up the volume on this. Let me turn up the volume on that. And let me turn up the volume on this. This is actually a good lesson. This is going to be another long one. But this is a true-to-form lesson, especially if you're struggling with your finances and you have bill collectors calling. So pay close attention to this. Um, If you're listening to this on your phone tomorrow, uh, take a screenshot of the time. Um, on the playback, so you can go home and re-listen to this. This is actually a very, very first true-to-form valuable TikTok lesson of the week. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Not like a real piece of shit. Like if a piece of shit ate a piece. I really <laughs> fucked that up. No, see, I have I have everything on two different soundboards instead of on one. So oh, that's embarrassing. I really set that up. I went to turn down this one because it was so damn loud. So anyhow, let's try it again. 
And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. What's a piece of information that you learned that feels illegal to know? Debt and validation. Collection agencies buy their debts on huge spreadsheets for pennies on a dollar. They don't have the necessary information that they legally have to have in order to collect on that debt, such as date of birth and social security number, etc. There's a huge list. That's why when they call, hello, is this so-and-so? I need you to verify your date of birth and your social so we can confirm we have the right person. It's not to confirm they have the right person. It's so they can get the info that they legally need to collect the debt. Most of us are like, oh, my date of birth is 521, blah, blah, blah. So you Google something called the debt verification letter. You send it off. They have 30 days to respond. If they don't respond, it's invalidated. The most of the time they will respond and it'll say, sorry, we don't have the information needed to collect this debt. This debt is now invalid. You send that into the credit bureaus and it's wiped away as if it never existed. It doesn't show up as a paid off debt, an old debt, nothing. It's completely wiped away as if it never existed and your credit score continues to rise. And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. I know there's a lot of information there, but the important part is, is when the debt companies call, get their name first. And then when they say they need to verify your name and social security number or birthday, don't give it to them because they don't have that information. That's information that's required by them by law to obtain said debt. I guess they buy your phone number and names right. on a spreadsheet. After you get so the name of their company. What company do you represent and mm -hmm. why are you calling me? Yep. Well, first we need to get your, I don't get that information out to strangers. So what's your name? Okay. Once you get that information, you hang up. Then you Google the debt verification letter. You, you fill that information out. You mail that to the company who called you. And then they're going to eventually mail you a letter back saying they don't have the information required to collect the debt. And then you send that to the um, main companies who do your credit. And then that debt is wiped out. Fantastic. So speaking of your TikTok lesson of the week, unfortunately, sometimes when I'm scrolling to through TikTok, I run into something that's absolutely horrific. Oh, yeah, that's out there, too. Yeah, well, yesterday I was scrolling through and there's a chick. She said something and she took her big fat gut and dropped it on the goddamn table. Yeah. You Another and Carrie on the freak is, TikTok. That says a lot about you, by the way. I don't have freaks on my TikTok. Carrie somehow ended up on meth and circus freak TikTok, and it comes no, on her timeline all the time. Is there was a response. There was a girl watching her, and then she said, oh, yeah, and an even bigger gut got dropped on the table. I was like, well, and what's worse is I watched the whole effing thing. Mm -hmm. I saw then I had to say, Katina, you got to check this out. Yep. And that's <laughs> why the circus freaks and meth heads, like Carrie was watching one tonight. She's like, I don't get this. She's like, look at these people. They have over 130,000 followers. She's like, on TikTok, you either got to be extremely gorgeous or extremely fucking circus freakish to have any followers. Normal people don't get followers. <laughs> I'm like, pretty much. Except for cute puppies. Cute puppies get followers. Yeah, you're like, I think you're zooming around 410 last night on your Oliver oh, video. I haven't looked today, but last night. It was just a quickie. Yep. I tell you what, he has got the best shake in the game. I got it. I'm going to probably uh, get a, a bunch of him shaking. He'll start at his head, work his way down to his tail, but he shakes so hard that his little feet flip out on the sides like he's dancing. You have the perfect size GoPro to strap to him. I was thinking about oh, trying yes, to do. put mine on Bailey, but it's too big. But yeah, you need to strap your GoPro to him and when he's at the send dog him, park. Send him, yeah, exactly. So what's interesting, so at the dog park, he was kind of being punked a little bit, being chased around, as you mm -hmm. saw. But I took him walking yesterday, and Katina took him out to a park today, both two parks on leash. And guess what? He was the one being the chaser. Yeah, I saw that. He was, well, the other video, he was chasing that one dog too. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's learning. He's, he's getting along pretty good. His, uh, his adult coat's starting to come in. So he's getting a little wavy. 
and uh, we'll uh, see how it goes. I, I, I did find out that I did discover, and I probably had known this, that I need to walk him in the morning now and walk him at night, and he pretty much leaves Katina alone during the middle of the day. Oh, yeah? Because a tired pup is a, a sleepy pup. pup. Yep. I'm trying to find. Oh, he does try to drink alcohol out of your hand, though. Oh yeah, well, that's a good dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find my what you made fun of last week from my intro to Did my political shit show um, intro, which I can't find now. So what I, I make fun of last week. You said my political shit show, my production value sucked. <laughs> oh. Why oh, you're making me out to seem like an asshole. <laughs> it's a Monday. He's an asshole, sir. I know that. Asshole. Major asshole. Gunners made first class Philip asshole. So, I can't find my political shit show. Not that we have a lot of political shit show to talk about, but I have made the comment before is what will all these shows that um, basically have spent the last four years of their show prep and their content screen about Trump. What are they going to do? Now, I don't watch Comedy Central. I don't watch The Daily Show. But I do watch MTV's Jersey Shore Family Reunion. <laughs> I expect him to turn on Biden at any point in time. So on the Jersey Shore Family Reunion, during the commercials, they play clips of The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And I went back to my DVR because I meant to pull this last week. And on January 21st, the first day of Biden being in office, it was time for the weekly Daily Show promo on the Jersey Shore. And this was the pure comedy that Trevor Noah, I think his name is, on the Daily Show used for his first promotion of his first episode post-Donald Trump. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Platypuses glow under black lights? Who made these creatures? Huh? They glow? They've got venom, they lay eggs, but they also have fur, and they're mammals? It's almost like God was finished building the earth, and then he used all the leftover pieces to build the platypus. Just take the spare duck bill and put it together with the raccoon body. Yeah, let's see what, let's see what happens. This should be interesting. The Daily Show with Trevor Sorry for the shitty quality, I had to record down my cell phone. You can hear my fan, but yes, the very first episode, post-Trump, the preview for the upcoming episode of the recorded at a home daily show was him talking about the majest- the majesty of the duckbill platypus. Every preview that's that I had a- seen on any TV show, whether if I'm watching TBS reruns, anything that's owned by Comedy Central and MTV that would promote that show, it was usually him doing his Trump impression, talking Trump, Trump, Trump. And the very first episode coming out on January 21st was duckbill platypus humor. Yeah, a lot of these entertainers <laughs> need Trump. And but I think I think that one didn't do too well. Like I tried to find the following week, but because I saw it, and the following week he went back to doing his Trump impression. So the 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 lack of Trump uh, promos only lasted for like one episode, and it was hot duckbill platypus talk. Fucking great. Yep, yep, yep. <coughs> Let's change things up real quick a little bit. Do that. You got a truck. I sure do. Hot truck talk. You were looking, Hot truck talk. I bought a used truck. I bought a new truck. You considered buying a used truck, but you realize that uh, with the newfangled deals that sometimes it's more cost effective to lease a truck and then pay it off later if you don't to. Yeah, you know, part of my thought to that is I could have saddled up and got myself a 
uh, TRD Pro in the future, but I'm, I would want to modify it. So if I buy it outright and modify it, why would I take off the expensive suspension to replace with more expensive suspension when I could take off the cheaper suspension? Now, a lot of things come across my cell phone's news feed that's based on things I like. And today I came across this little um, article called Looking for a Used Pickup Truck? Avoid these five problematic models. And, of course, the one that they have on there is a truck that I owned before I went to Tundra. I mean, Tacoma's. But um, starting at number one on their list, they're not ranked. They just have a list. It's random order. Yeah. You have a guess? Now, I'm going to give you a hint. All these, which really don't say much because you and I are old, and we can all agree that cars from the 80s up until the early 2000s sucked, regardless of what they were. But I will give you a hint. All of these are... Uh, mid '90s to early 2000 models. So why would they, they, so half of them are not even running? Correct, but I guess they consider these affordable used trucks for I'm, maybe I'm young up and comer cats. S10. Close. Uh, number one, the first generation Nissan Titan, 2004 to 2015. So that's actually a rather new. Known for building quality vehicles, especially. Uh, capable off-road, Nissan has huge expectations for this model, which hoped it would become successful in the full-size truck segment dominated by American manufacturers. Built entirely in the United States for the first generation's Titan longevity is well-known since it survived the market of 12 years without any major redesigns, although it never managed to climb to the top of the truck sales. So what's the problem? Um, still out of the list of arguably the most reliable trucks, um, decades... Oh, uh, do, 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 do. Oh, here we go. Um, the 2003 to 2006 have frequently reported issues with the rear axle, which often requires a full rebuild due to failing seals and frequent deterioration, uh, differential oil leaks. Don't. Others have also encountered problems with the exhaust system, mainly the manifolds, which are almost guaranteed to crack. So basically, if you're looking at a 2004 to 2015 Nissan Titan, you're probably going to have to uh, replace the uh, rear end and the um, exhaust manifold. This one kind of saddens me a little bit, but once again, I'm in a 2018, the first generation Toyota Tundra. Which for yeah, the, they weren't much bigger than the current generation Tacoma. I was going to say, honest. for those you playing at home, if you see an early Tundra, you might get confused because you're going to think it's an old Tacoma because they're the same size. Uh, the Japanese manufacturer has made a name for itself by building some of the most reliable vehicles mm -hmm. out there. There are countless remote places in this world where you'll find a used and abused Toyota that still gets the job done even after decades of wear and tear. However, this is not the case for the first generation Tundra, mainly models built from 2000 to 2003. Customers have reported issues with poor quality and paintwork, which seems to fade permanently, which I've seen a lot of old Tundras all mm -hmm. faded out. Problems with the electrical system are also common, and so are issues with the ventilation system. Another part that seems to fail way too frankly is the secondary air pump. While customers who bought the 4.7 liter V8 version also reported premature wear on the pistons. The most worrying issue with the truck remains a rusting rear crossmember that has caused 110,000 units to be recalled in the past considering many people use the truck like this to load um, and move stuff all around all the time. But Toyotas and rusting, I mean, that goes hand in hand back to the fact when you watched the original Toy Story, the Pizza Planet yellow Toyota truck had a rusted bed on it. Mm -hmm. And we grew up in that same rusted truck because our Aunt Robin had one. Yes. I... What do you think's next on the list? Uh, Chevy 1500? Uh, no, the second generation Dodge Ram 1500. 
years 1993 to 2001. Over the years, the Ram 1500 has become the most popular pickup truck in the United States backed in the early 90s, the second-generation half-ton truck contributed to the rise in the popularity, but hasn't topped any reliability charts in the process. Models built from 1998 and up until the end of production in 2001 are known to have issues with premature rusting, subpar interior material quality, defective electrical systems, or engines and transmission failures. The most problematic engine is the 2.47-liter Magnum V8, which has frequent issues with the lubrication system. Even with well-maintained models, owners have reported a uh, sludging that leads to clouds of smoke when starting up and often require a complete engine disassembly to fix properly. I do remember dad, a friend, a guy dad worked with a cow cab. I think mm-hmm. in the late 90s, he got one of those Dodges when it came out. And I think his caught on fire, if I remember correctly. Oops. Uh, and this is a truck that I had. Mine was in uh, 2004, and the thing was a dog curb. This was the last GM product I ever owned. This was the GM product that convinced me to trade in for a taco. The first-generation Chevy Colorado slash GM Canyon. Is that the five-cylinder? Uh, developed through the joint ventures between GM and Zuzu. The first-generation mm-hmm. Colorado and its GM Canyon twin were manufactured from 2003 up until 12. Unfortunately, many owners have since reported multiple reliability issues ranging from premature rusting of important chassis components to the countless electrical system faults. The problem I had is, and I even took it to a mechanic, when I was sitting in neutral, well, actually, if I was sitting at a light with the clutch pushed in because it was a standard, I'd have to put it in neutral and then put my foot on the gas or the thing would stall out. I was told Mm. the engines were just dogs. Poor quality window seals often resulted in water leaks inside the cab. I also had issues with that, which was also reported to feature defective child seat anchors. Under the hood, engines would suffer from regular misfires. The truck's uh, starter motor is notoriously unreliable. And due to electrical systems, the dreaded check engine light would often light up for absolutely no reason. Another issue was that the brake lights would often refuse to light up when drivers engaged the pedal, even though the bulbs were li- were re- and relays were fully functioning, a huge safety concern that prompted Chevy to recall several Colorados and Canyons. Oops. And the last on the list, oh, not, you Ford fans, you're not getting away from this one unscathed. It's going to be the Ranger. The 10th generation Ford F-150. No. 1997 through 2004. America's best-selling pickup truck since 1977, the Ford F-150 has long history of dependability becoming the go-to model for generations of hard-working people. However, the 10th generation Ford wasn't its best work. Models built between 2002 and 2004 were notorious for their countless engine issues that ranged from spark plug popping out of the aluminum heads to oil leaks and misfires. I'm sure if you had spark plugs popping out, you weren't laughing. Sorry about that. But the biggest issue with the generation is its lackluster structural design that makes it extremely unsafe in the event of an accident. The NHTSA gave it only two stars in the crashworthiness test, while the IIHS delivered a, quote, poor rating due to the truck's tendency to fold like a lawn chair during head-on side impacts. Regardless, I drove one for work in Montana. It was a 10th generation. I liked the truck, man. We didn't have too much problems with it, but... uh. Whatever, regardless of what you decide to buy, check on social media groups, forums, and articles about the reliability and common issues because no truck is indestructible 
Once you found one that you really like, make sure the owners kept full service of it, yada, yada, yada. I always thought it would be interesting. You would have a hard time getting funding for this, and you'd have a hell of a time getting... The, this would never work in the TV days, but now that we have a U, YouTube, if mm-hmm. you can get funding for this, this would be great. I always thought, and this thought of mine has gone back to the 90s, I always thought it would be great to get all... Remember how they... Nowadays, everything's about love and energy and good feelings. But back in the 90s, early 2000s, it was about payload and what these trucks could do, right? Mm-hmm. You'd see the F4250 pulling into the gravel pit, and they would dump in 20 tons of gravel from 10 feet in the air, and it would show it hauling off. You'd see the, the trail-rated Jeeps driving through creeks and over ditches and dumps and bumps and bruises and all that shit. I thought it'd be great to get the commercials of that year, of the trucks and the off-road utility vehicles and all the hardcore shit they do, Go out and get one of each, recreate that commercial, and then take it to a mechanic and show the amount of damage doing that one time would cause. Not only paint, <laughs> suspension, transmission, dents, dings, brake issues, and all that. Just show, just recreate one time what these trucks are sold to you doing because they have the payload and the manliness to handle these gravel pits and all this shit. And just show how much it would cost you to do that to the vehicle one time. Absolutely true. It's the reason I said it would never work on TV is because the TV stations wouldn't want to piss off the manufacturers and lose oh, their no. commercials. That's sponsorship, money. man. Yep. That is sponsorship. You don't bite the hand that feeds you. So that's definitely a YouTube show there. That is 100%. Do, 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 do. You know a lot of losers in your day. Yeah. You ever had, you ever heard a story or seen someone steal something in the most embarrassing or brash way that you just couldn't believe that they did this on a regular occasion. I'll give you a moment to think about it because I just sprung this on you. And I, I think about this every time I go to Publix. Back in the day, like 10 years ago, I worked at CompUSA when they first opened. Um, one of the salesmen I worked with, he had this habit. Now, there's a public supermarket over in Fort Myers that has a... Um, a mezzanine, kind of like Wendy's used to, would have the glass area with all the tables you could eat at. Mm-hmm. He would go to the deli, get his sub, get his drink, and then instead of going to the front counter to pay for it, he would go to said mezzanine, eat the sub, drink the soda, throw his trash away, and then walk out without ever paying for it. He would do it all the time. I'm like, how bad off do you got to be to steal a $7 sub? Pretty bad off. Now, the the story I'm thinking of actually has to do with some in-laws. Okay. And I was off the truck, Steve? Mm, No, um, a cousin. It's Freeloader Ted. Um, So check this out. So there's some some cousins who uh, they came out here. They came out west to go to... um, To buy some desert land? I'm looking at that myself. Maybe up north, uh, just past Alaska. You know nothing of this that they ask you. I oh, gotcha. So he got his family out here. They bought a bunch of camping equipment. They went up the Yellowstone. He came back. He took. I said he used camping equipment back to Walmart. <laughs> that is what I call criminally cheap and by the way these people live in tampa florida and by the way um for you those you plan at home you can get like a not a arctic rated but like a winter rated sleeping bag at walmart for nine dollars 
So it's not like this is high end shit. Like, oh, I spent three hundred dollars. I gotta take it back. No, you you spend like one hundred and fifty. You can get like a tent for what sixty five bucks. This is the stuff that yes, and this is the stuff that raises the raises the cost of everything for everybody. Now, this is also the kind of stuff that Walmart's really cracked down on the return policies on the Oregon Trail. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on the all trails. Um, no, Oregon Trail is the name of their camping brand. It's also a name of an old video game. Yep. You know, this is nothing new. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine, if you will. Let's set the dial to 1999. Okay. Um, little regional electronics uh, franchise called Sun TV. They were around before uh, Circuit City. They were around before Best Buy. They closed shortly after uh, Circuit City and Best Buy came to the market because they ran them out of business. But um, as we've often talked, when you live in the Midwest, all the rich people and cool people get to come down to the Sunshine State, Florida, for spring break to have their fun. Howdy be. There was two times in the year that Sun TV would not allow returns of electronics. Christmas? One of them was spring break and the other was Super Bowl Sunday weekend. Because the two scams where people would come in. Now, keep in mind, kids, this is before cell phones. This is before you had H- high-definition quality. This is before HD even existed. This, this is back when a, a high-quality VCR ran you a grand, right? This is when the Sony Handycams with the mini dat, uh, the mini 8 uh, cameras that mm-hmm. shot maybe at 450 lines of resolution would cost you $700. People would come in there and they would put uh, video cameras on credit go to Florida film their vacation and bring them back and when you do the, the return inspection you. you're oh where's all the sand coming from so before the basically a month before spring break up until the month following we would not ret- accept any returns on video camera equipment so if you want to buy a video camera and you weren't going to f- in the box and people would come in. Now, once again, this is the days of projection screen TVs and Sony Vega televisions and Sony, no, Sony Trinitrons. Those are big. I tell you, the big this rollers. Was, this the rich is, family had the big projection TV that took up half the living room. If you had a 55-inch square TV, it was 55 inches and about eight feet deep. <laughs> and it had the projections in there. And these things were six feet tall, about four feet mm-hmm. deep. And they heated up your entire room. And if you about 400 pounds. And if you bumped them, the, uh, the guns would get out of alignment. Um, yeah, people would come in and buy those for their Super Bowl parties and then try to return them uh, the following week. So after about a year of that, we cracked down. If you're going to buy a big screen TV, you cannot return it if you bought it the week of Super Bowl. So if you want to buy a big screen TV, you had to buy it before the Super Bowl or a few weeks afterwards if you wanted to return it. So, yeah. the, the It certain- seems like it. Just the dealing with moving that heavy mother effer around. No, you pay you, you pay for the uh, delivery, fella. Don't. But you what know? about bringing it back? Oh, you just pay them come pick it back up. It's part of that warranty. Mm-hmm. You know, because back then that shit was so high priced that the stores would do anything to get them out the damn door. You think electronics still have a failure rate of thirty five percent? Back then it was one in ten. Now it's like three in ten. Ooh, which is why Amazon's so great about the returns. Ah. Uh, Makes you wonder how they make money. Let's go on down the aisle to the land of the Zillennials who can't handle anything. I'll just get this on the way now. He did it again. Caused trouble. 
hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. They may be mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1. New York. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. You're doubling down. Coming from the LA Times. No shit. <sighs> now I understand. Big city. We've often spoke on this podcast, which is a subject I'll get to here shortly, about getting out of your bubble. If you truly want to gain wisdom, expand as a human being, discover and grow, you need to move about, you need to experience other cultures, so on and so forth. This little lovely piece is written by a Virginia Heffernan. No, not King or Queen's Heffernan, but Virginia Heffernan. Column. What can I do about my Trumpist next door? February 5th, 2021. Oh, heck no. The Trumpist next door to our pandemic getaway, who seemed as devoted to the ex-president as one can get without being a Q fan, just plowed our driveway without being asked and did a great job. Oh, dear God, no way. How am I going to resist the demands of for unity in the face of this act of aggressive niceness. Yes, this is in print. Of course. This is not a, this is, this has got to be a lampoon, right? Of, this is the Los Angeles times. Of course, on some level, I realize I owe them a thanks and man, I really, I'm sorry. And man, it really looks like a guy backed. A, it really looks like the guy backed, dragged the driveway like a pro, but how much thanks. The neighbors are staunch partisan of blue lives and there aren't and there aren't a lot of anything other than white lives in the neighborhood. What? These neighbors are staunch partisans of blue lives, comma, and there aren't a lot of anything other than white lives in the neighborhood. That's fantastic writing. This is also kind of weird. Back in the city, people don't sweep other people's walkways for nothing. Maybe it's like what Eddie Murphy discovered in that old Saturday Night Live sketch, White Like Me, where he goes undercover with white makeup and finds that when people are among their own, they pop free champagne and live like it's the high life. As Murphy puts it, quote, Slowly I began to realize that when white people are alone, they give things to each other for free. Uh, hell's be- um, sorry, Hell's... Hezbollah, the Shiite um, Islamist political party in Lebanon, also give things away for free. The, f- the favors that Hezbollah does for the people in the city, um, Tyree and Sidon probably don't involve snowplows, but like other um, Mafets, Hezbollah tends to do it, tends to its own. The Shiite sick, elderly, and the hungry. They often protection of hospitality and will win loyalty that way. Let me stop you right there. So what I am gathering is this person is trying to How make do we go from snow plowing to Hezbollah? Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to get Go the, ahead. He's trying to make the mental fucking jump over the Grand Canyon by comparing people who supported Trump who give things away to Hezbollah, who is an evil organization who gives things away. Mm-hmm. I, is that the mental tie? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I guess uh, it must be the whiskey, Here. but let me re- reread this. Hezbollah, the Shiite Islamist political party in Lebanon, also give things away for free. 
The favor Hezbollah does for its people in the cities of Tyre and Sidon probably don't involve snowplows, but like other Moffats, Hezbollah tends to its own. The Shiite clear out the IEDs for them. Yeah. The Shiite, sick, elderly, and hungry, they offer uh, protection, hospitality, and win loyalty that way. And they also demand devotion to their brutal us versus them anti-Sunni cause. Some of us are family and favor say blah, blah, blah. The same is true for Louis uh, Farrakhan, who currently blah, 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 blah. You might end up. Uh, how okay, does, here's the deal. How does here's this person the deal. make this here's leap because deal. somebody mo- fucking plowed their lawn for him? Here's the deal. Listen, motherfucker who wrote this. We're allowed to agree to disagree. Yeah, this person may support somebody who's not you're you're not a fan of politically, but thank him. He is a, trying to be a decent human being. There is such a thing. That's the problem. Is the divide is so bad right now that oh I can't I can't thank this guy. He uh, he supports something I'm I'm dead set against. He's evil. He's got to be doing this to to get me to join the Trumpers. It's got to be a way to get us into the QAnon. Oh, come on. Huck off the shit. So here's my He's response. something nice. So here's my response to my plowed driveway. For now, politely, but not profusely, I'll acknowledge the Satian move. With an all of thanks, a minimum start on building back trust, I'm not ready to knock on the door with a covered dish yet. I also can't give my neighbors absolution. It's not mine to give. Free driveway works as nice as it is. It's just not the same currency as justice and the truth. To pretend it is would be a lie. And they probably aren't looking for absolution anyway. This is the end of the, the, the letter here. But I can offer a standing invitation to make amends. Not with a snowplow, but by recognizing the truth about the Trump administration and more importantly, by working for justice for all those with the administration who the administration has harmed. Only when we work shoulder to shoulder to repair the damage of the last four years. You mean the damage that was created by the media? This is damage that was created by fucking insane. You and I aren't even Trumpers. We're not even Trump supporters. No, you, you can see that the the damage created by the not my president day one, the damage created by the Democratic Party with all they fucking did is go after this this shithead. Oh my god! Four fucking insane. years, and now you guys want to to repair everything. You know, as bad as Trump could be at times. You better pay attention to our current administration and some of the shit they're putting uh, that the current Congress is trying to put forward right now, because that shit's scary. I am sorry. You can label me a conspiracy theorist, but there is some big government crap coming around the corner that will make 1984 look like the truth. And of course, we don't have the context, but I'm half suspicious that if you were to go down to Virginia where the fuck this house is where it snows, clearly it's not in L.A. County, and talk to said neighbor, the neighbor will probably said that they maybe had three words of conversation this person, the entire history of them living there, that there's never been any big debate about political nothing. Chances are this guy has a Trump flag on his flagpole next to that evil American, American, uh, fucking American flag. And I don't know. It's stuff like this. To me, this is more a reflection of the mind of the person doing the writing. Kind of like the people, the the reflection of the people are trying to, whether it's in jest or not, claim that fucking Tom Brady's a racist for winning the Super Bowl on fucking, uh, Black History Month. 
that just goes to show that you're the racist with all your thoughts to make that leap. This just goes to show it's called Southern hospitality. You know, like three weeks ago, I was with my daughter in my truck, a complete stranger. Here's something you never see. When's the last time you seen somebody actually try to push a disabled vehicle out of the road, Gordon? Probably three weeks ago. Clearly in Vegas, it must happen a lot here. Most people just pop the hood and sitting on their phone and wait for someone to come help. But now it's usually a guy who didn't quite make it to the gas station. But three weeks ago, we were driving down the street near my neighborhood and there was two kids pushing a Ford F-150. I pulled over, told Nugget to stay in the car. I jumped out and I started pushing. The guy who was pushing up front jumped in so he could steer me and his buddy pushed him off to the side road. Thank you very much. Not a problem. How do you do? Have a nice day. There was no political meaning behind it. I wasn't trying to indoctrinate anybody into my cause. I don't know what their political views were other than the fact they drove an old beat up F-150. It's just what you do. It's called fucking being a human being. And maybe more yep. people did that. More people it's plowed. Just, everything going on is just, in the words of Joe Rogan, gross. It's it is. Gross. It's insane. But to make that huge of a leap, and while we're on the subject of insanity, and so you guys can enjoy some more of my whiskey-laden, fucking drunk LD reading, San Francisco schools renamed the arts department because acronyms are a symptom of white supremacy. <laughs> I won't read this whole thing. I'll just read the first. You've enough said. <laughs> go ahead. Go the ahead. San Francisco United School District isn't quite finished with the renaming binge. The district's art department, previously titled the VAPA, the Visual Arts uh, Visual and Performing Arts Department, will be now known as the FSUSD Arts Department. <laughs> this change has been made in accordance with the Anti-racist arts instruction, according to ABC 7 News. Quote, it's with very simple steps we can take to be just referred to as the SFUSD, which is three times longer than the previous fucking and name. And it's still an abbreviation, so you better be careful. Yep. It's still an acronym. You better be careful because evidently acronyms are racist. It's very simple steps we can take to just be referred to the SFUSD arts department for families to better understand who we are. Sam Bass, director of the SFUSD Arts Department, explained in a memo obtained by the local news network. Bass did not immediately respond to the request for comment, and in the memo isn't widely available, but ABC uh, reported that the decision was made to eliminate the VAPA because the department realized that acronyms are symptoms of white supremacy. But as Gordon pointed out, how is the SFUSD any different than the VAPA? Or the USMC. I was wondering maybe if some of the kids in the college had a perverted uh, acronym for VAPA that possibly that they wanted to get away from. Because once again, they changed their letters to just a longer set of letters. The New York Post reported in the memo cited 1999 paper by the Tim Uka. That paper does not specifically say the acronyms are racist, though it does label worship of written words as an aspect of white supremacy. Other purported. Wait a second. Does yeah. that mean any Christian that follows the Bible and worships is a supremacist? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big Christian, but. The New York Post reported that in a memo cites a 1999 paper that uh, that paper does not specifically say that acronyms are racist, though it does label worship of written words as the aspect of white supremacy. Other uh, purported characteristics of white supremacies are. Uh, Perfunctionism, sense of urgency. What? 
Wait, wait, wait. Sense how, of urgency is racist? How can you assign a race a sense of urgency? Everybody has a sense of urgency. I got to take a shit. I, 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 I got to get home. Years, I give it 10 years and China's going to roll right over us because we're going to turn into a bunch of fucking sopping wet pussies. Yes, I got to get a job. My bills are due. There's no race connected to any of this shit. Individualism. It's a race to get a job. Therefore, it's racist. So You're in a hurry. You're racing around. So according to this 1999 bullshit letter that they're now... Uh, reading as gospel individualism is a sign of white supremacy hmm interesting and of oh, course God. not to put too fine a point on it objectivity <laughs> it can't be objective if this list sounds familiar it's because the national museum of the african-american arts and culture go and uh got in trouble last year for promoting similar nonsense while some acronyms may be confusing to non-native English speakers, it's quite a stretch to describe them as a function of white supremacy. So just for those hey, of you... watch out. Watch out. You better not go running. So for those of you breaks. trying to be woke, um, you're trying to make a list, just remember acronyms, um, prefect, uh, prefectionism, sense of urgency, individualism, and objectivity wait, wait. are all signs you, you of sure white... You sure that's not... Perfectionism? Per, yes, I'm sorry. Perfectionism. Once again, this is whiskey laden LD reading. Non perfect. <laughs> Perfectionism, sense of urgency, individualism, and objectivity. These are all reasons why um, acronyms are now the dealings of white supremacy. We're so it, fucked. Yeah, and yes, Morgan Long, HB 127 is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen put on paper. Yeah, hopefully that fucking turd don't pass yeah well remember that they got to retain the house in two years they've got two years to retain the house so if they want to sink all their political careers pass that son of a bitch see what the fuck happens if that turd passes you can kiss living history goodbye because i'm gonna have yeah, you documentation need to, you need to just to display out. my m1 garand you need to get out here to desert so we can go shooting oh fuck my life the range uh, who can afford to go shooting to. when boxes of refurbished nine millimeter go for a hundred dollars for 50 rounds you get your ass out here. We'll go shooting anyway. Oh, I mean, going to shoot a lot. Jumping we'll Jesus on a pogo stick. Uh, anyway, can we lighten the load a little bit before we get to your news? Yeah, let's lighten. How long the load. we? How long we been? Okay, we're we're 100 minutes into this nonsense. I wanted to get to this last week because I did pull these sound clips for this. But um, with all the education and re-education going on in the world, there's some important education that seems to have lapsed. And that is the importance Study of Woodsy the Owl and Smokey the Bear. There you go. Oh, Woodsy the Owl. You look confused by the DRI song there for a well, moment. Well, I could barely hear it, but now I, I picked up on it. So my daughter and I were driving around my truck, and she's 14 years old, and she was in the truck. And as tends to happen when you work out of your truck, you tend to throw little objects of trash on the floor. And she picked up something that had, I, I think it was a gum wrapper. So you had wax paper with the foil on it. And it was a little ball. She begins to roll down the window and starts to chuck it out the window. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm getting rid of this. I'm like, don't throw that out the window. It's not biodegradable. It's got aluminum foil on it. It's just paper. I said, give a hoot. Don't pollute. What? 
Don't you know about Woodsy the Owl? Huh? I said, no, throw it away when we get home. Woodsy the Owl. Give a hoot, don't plute. Huh? I said, Smokey the Bear. Oh, you're just making up stuff now. <laughs> so let's just go down a little memory lane real quick for those. That actually happened uh, when I picked up my brother-in-law from um, the airport. We were on our way back and he went to throw something out the window and I, I just tore into him. And then I tore into my mother-in-law too for not teaching she, not the fucking to, because she was about to put a plastic bottle outside the car that she's finished with what the water. The fuck? And they act like I'm like, what about? I was like, you all were around in the '70s and the '80s. What about all this? They're like, we never seen it. We're from Chicago. 1977. Hi, I'm Woodsy Owl. In order to try and stop pollution, we need more help. So help Woodsy spread the word. Come on, never be a dirty bird. No matter where you go, you can let some people know to give a hoot, don't pollute, never be a dirty bird, in the city or in the woods, help keep America looking good. It, it, it amazes me that they didn't play that in Chicago. Chicago's a dirty shithole. Do me a favor. Look online and see when the last Woodsy the Owl campaign ran. Because I know well, that ran what, up until the 90s. What I don't understand is how people could think it's even acceptable to throw the trash out. I, I just don't. I can't wrap my head about it. Especially nowadays with environmentalism and global warming. And these are the same assholes you see throw like the whole bag of fucking McDonald's out the window. But again, when I when I brought up uh, Smokey the Bear, she's like, "You're just making stuff up." So let's head over to Smokey the Bear. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. Ran from sixty-five to eighty-five. Looks like that's it. Sixty-five to eight. Oh, here we go. Oh, Wikipedia. Let's go see what Wiki has to say. Uh, Woodsy the owl, most famous model. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. Current model was Linda Hand. Care for the land. Doesn't have so the same. Pull around. Too. And then you had Smokey the Bear. A forest is many things. Shady places where you can camp. Good places for picnics, too. Yes, and a home for wildlife. All kinds of wildlife. Timberland for lumber harvest. And grazing land so there'll be meat for dinner. And milk in the morning. Watershed to make sure you'll get water when you turn the tap on at home. A forest is sure a lot of things. Yes. But let a little fire get started, catch on, destroy, and your forest is nothing. Nothing for anybody. You have so many reasons to protect your forests. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. And that was key. Both of them had a catchphrase. Give a hoot, don't pollute, and only you can prevent forest fires. And there was a third one I just thought of. Who was the little lightning bug that taught you electricity safety to stay away from down power lines? Remember him? He was like the little light bulb. The down power line guys. It's amazing to me that in the world of global warming, uh, carbon credits and all that, that they're, they're not, you figure they'd double down on these for indoctrination of kids. Louis the lightning bug. Louis the lightning bug. You remember him now? Now that I, now you see yep. the photo, you remember him? Yep. You figure with YouTube and all that stuff, you figure they would be doubling down on these ads, but no, they've gone by the wayside. And so now kids don't even care about throwing trash out the window because they don't give a hoot. Well, in the siren song of somebody who can't think clearly, it's just that what's one piece of paper going to do? Said every other motherfucker who threw it on the ground. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I said, look, we're trying to show you, I said, look, paper, paper, 
I said, oh, paper, paper, paper. She's like, okay, I get it. I said, look, more paper. I said, when I go out my kayak. Doesn't that bother you? It bothers me. When I'm out my kayak and the canals around here, I see so much trash in the canals. Oh, there's more paper, more paper. Yeah, she thought I was just making shit up when I brought up Smokey the Bear. Last year coming in from Utah, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the winds were high, but it was like a landfill blew up just north of town on the 15th. Everywhere I looked, it was just trash and debris. And it was, I was like, holy fuck, are we in a third world nation? Mm -hmm. What is going on around here? I pulled a full Karen one time. It's about five years ago. I was behind um, one of the waste management trucks going over the Caloosahatchee Bridge. And they didn't have their tarp over. And as they're driving over, all this shit was flying out of the fucking top of the garbage truck onto the bridge, which eventually is going to go over the bridge into the fucking river. And it's just, I don't know. Especially then in Florida. I mean, it's I guess if you live in a city, it's one thing. But to live like down here, you figure they would definitely be cracking down on it. You know, all this shit starts in schools. And like dad once told me, you know, God, this is 10, 15 years ago when he lived in Texas. He was talking about a lot of the immigrants he would see would throw shit out the windows. And he would say the reason for his hypothesis for that was because in Mexico, they didn't have Woodsy the Owl. And they didn't put all the emphasis into this, whereas they've been d- drilling this shit down our throats since the 60s. And so for at least people who raised between the 60s and 1985, we all knew not to throw shit out the window. Maybe we need to rerun this on YouTube. And Absolutely. And again, I still can't get over how people think it's okay. Mm. The trash is now on the ground. You like seeing trash? I don't like seeing trash. Yeah. I mean, what does your house look like? Yeah, oh, yeah. wait, all your trash is out in the yard. Yeah, right. Yeah, probably. All right, let us get on to the news, man. Yeah. I am ready for that. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty darn good. However, something scary has kind of happened. Something dark and wicked this way comes? Well, maybe because you know where 29 Palms is? Yes. It's a shit High show, powered explosives are missing and possibly stolen from the Southern California military base. Uh, this is also the same uh, National Guard troop, wasn't it? Who lost a Humvee? <laughs> well, 10 pounds of C4 is a little bit uh, a different situation. Yeah, C pounds. But th- this is a Marine Corps. I know. This, but what, isn't, this is a weekend warriors. I know, but what's, this is, what's bigger, a Humvee or 10 pounds of C4? Well, I'm just waiting for somebody to draw a direct connection between, you know. Yeah, um, I know where you're going. That's going on here. But uh, military officials are working to recover high-powered explosives that vanished from 29 Palms, uh, according to ABC 10 News' source who has close military ties. Explosives disappeared from 29 Palms Marine Corps base. There is now a reward being offered for the discovery uh, for these uh, deal. The military officials are working. Okay, blah, blah, blah. The explosives disappeared from 29 Palms base. Now reward. God, why did this double up? I apologize. It's your whiskey. Sources report that approximately 10 pounds of composition C4 disappeared during a long training exercise two weeks ago. So it's been gone for two weeks. They also believe the manufactured plastic explosives may have been stolen. The unit commanding officers is considering extending the training exercises until the explosives are found. According to sources, they also confirmed that commanding officers messaged subordinate commands about a monetary reward for any information uh, to the discovery of the C4. The base would not confirm any details about what's going on, but they're saying it is an ongoing investigation. 
So they got uh we got a wayward C4, C4 floating around and in the country somewhere. Real quick, I take a quick commercial break because as Morgan Long pointed out, you can't talk about environmental commercials from the 70s without this one. got a majestic Native American paddling his canoe down the river. There's newspaper. There's floating cans. They're pulling out the shot. Now he's like in a, the, looks like maybe Pennsylvania. Got all the black smoke of all the power plants and the steel plants. And the river's just full of trash. Now he's pulling his canoe up on the bank. And there's just trash and litter everywhere. Some people have a deep abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. Once. And some people don't. Now they're showing people throwing trash out of their cars on the people interstate. People start pollution. People can stop it. And now he's crying in the freeze frame on his face. That would be a good one for your daughter. 71 things you can do to stop pollution. Let's see if it has that classic 1970s address on it. Right for pollution booklet, Buck 1771, Radio City Station, New York. Whose voice was that? Was that, what's his name? Oh, who's the famous um, voiceover guy who did World of the Wards? World of the Wards. World of the World. World of the Worlds. What the hell World of the Worlds? Yeah, what was his name? The famous guy. 1771, Radio City Station, New York. Oh, that was, what's his name? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, did a famous chief and then also Native American uh, show more. Does it show who it's? Announcer William Conrad. So that was uh, William Conrad who played. Um, oh, oh shit! We used to talk about that TV show on Stan Haney all the time. Um, man, not Mannix. Oh, what the fuck! I'm going Cannon. That's William Conrad. Did the voice of Cannon. Oh, there you go. Yep. On Radio City Station, New York. Back to you, Gordon. So this is kind of a Las Vegas centric or West Coast centric uh, report today. Woman, unfortunately, a woman was found naked. Why is that unfortunate? In downtown Vegas, because if you ain't seen pictures of her, you'd see. <laughs> okay. uh, a woman was found naked in downtown Vegas casinos control room. So this is a brand new casino that opened up downtown called Circa. And it's cool. It's actually got that. Remember in the 30s how they thought futuristic hotels and stuff would look kind of uh-huh. curvy? Very much that look. Look up Circa Hotel. It's fucking fantastic. Uh Police said a woman locked herself in a fire control room at the Circa Hotel Casino's parking garage, also known as Garage Mahal, and caused an outage throughout the resort. According to the arrest record from Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, they found one Alyssa Neely naked in the early hours of February the 1st. The casino had used partial power during this incident, basically meaning they kicked down to a generator. Um Security told police that they caught Neely in the control room just a half hour before she reportedly had a room there on property, which is interesting. Circa Resort requires you to prove that you're at least 21 years old before you can even get into that that place, even with a room. No kids allowed. Maybe that's why she thought she could be naked. She looks like Um, one of those people who might be offended if you assume her gender. Oh, did you look her up? (laughs) I'm looking at her now. Yep. She reportedly had a room and was told to leave the property for erratic behavior. She is accused of causing yeah, about $5,000 in damages to the uh, casino's UPS panel, which uh, report says controls the slot machines, gaming power tables, and elevators, backup generators, and fire 
panel connection. Now, I'm surprised they don't hit her up with loss of revenue on that. According to Cairo 7, they're saying she was found naked in the parking garage. The control uh, room was in, is in the parking garage. Oh, I got gotcha. you. It's, it's parking garage accessible. Yeah, that casino looks like something out of Dubai. Isn't that kind of cool, though? Yeah. I got to go down there. I haven't checked it out yet. And another to Las Vegas news. And it, um, Las Vegas, a man was arrested after trying to pull over a cop. I didn't read this one. Yet, did I? <laughs> That's always a good plan. This almost sounds like a Florida story, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's Las Vegas, man. 29-year-old man named Pedro, Pedro Franco has been arrested for impersonating a police officer. So check this out. Franco was busted while he attempted to pull over a police officer in an unmarked car. On Mountain Hood Street around 12.30 a.m. on January the 23rd. According to the arrest report, uh, Las Vegas Metro, we'll just say LVMPD, officer noted that a white Hyundai SUV with flashing red and blue lights attempting to pull him over. The officer pulled over, but the SUV kept going. Then the officer decided to follow said SUV to a residence where this guy apparently lived. When Franco exited the vehicle, he was promptly taken into custody. The police officer discovered aftermarket lights had been attached to the grill of the SUV, and there was a switch inside. Uh, Franco was booked into uh, the Clark County Detention Center. He looks like Anthony Keita, Circus 2013. Circa 2013. Remember Anthony cut off all his hair? He had the little goatee and the pencil mustache. Yeah, absolutely. And then last but not least, this one has happened over the last couple of days. A guy at work has seen this mountain lion spotted in Las Vegas neighborhood. It's about three miles from me. Uh, some Las Vegas locals are on high alert after um, spotting a mountain lion in their neighborhood near Hualapai and Desert Inn. According to neighbors, the mountain lion has been spotted several times. There is actually on Channel 13, they have a um, ring doorbell footage of said mountain lion in the backyard. Uh, which means little doggies, little kitties. Mm-hmm. G-O-N-E gone. Can be gone. So that was at 6 o'clock last night. And being quite honest, uh, the world's a shit show, and that's all the news I've got. This concludes the evening news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. This episode of the What's in Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at Act Computers. Give Act Computers a call for all your computer repair needs, network expansions, so on and so forth. They can do laptop repair, desktop repair, antivirus, uh, two-form authentication, etc. Even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, give them a call at 239-283-1120. They can log in your computer remotely and fix all your computer problems. Of course, you need internet connection, but if you live in Southwest Florida or the like and you're trying to expand your business, your network, Computer repair, laptop repair, or get an old-school Mac up and running. That's something I've been working on for a while. That's fun. Give them a call, 239-283-1120. And as we said at the top of the show, we're kicking off our uh, relationship with the Laughing Comedy Cafe starting this weekend, February 13th, at the 830 show of Justin Smith and Company. If you want to join me and a handful of our listeners over here at the Digital 410 What's in Your Head podcast, Email us at info at d-410.com. Send me a message on Facebook, whether through this channel, through the What's in Your Head page, send it to Gordon. I don't care how you send it. We want to take a handful of you guys out uh, to this show and shows coming up in the future. And please head over to d-410.com. Click on that Patreon link. If you're on a smartphone or a tablet, you have to scroll to the bottom of the page just because the way WordPress does the tables. Click on that orange Patreon link. Sign up. It's a dollar a month. And I promise we'll be getting some more exclusive content up there soon. And as always, head over to d-410.com, click on the social link. I think I added my TikTok, and you can find all of our social media there. Gordon, you have anything else going on you want to plug or get out of the way? 
That's it, man. I am an empty can today. Cool, man. Well, hopefully my call will be gone by this Friday um, so that I don't get you all sick when we go to the comedy show, but we will talk to you all soon. Now I'm elevated. You still get hella faded. Your life is not progressing, but yet you celebrate it. Still live that same old same life, still getting medicated. Still living day to day like nothing's premeditated. Like you the baddest with your eyes low, tripping with a child at home, sitting while you styrofoam, sipping, coming home with strange men why he lie alone and listen and wake up and go to work and deny his whole existence shit this has been a digital 410 production <laughs>